0: No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public-guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contests with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories— Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription.
1: Welcome in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm Eric Eager, joined by DFS Sharp, Ben Brown, who last week in college football gave you University of South Carolina on the money line, plus 140, 145 um, against Auburn. That was a sweat, but it ended up getting home. Green line on the week was up nine units in college football on closing numbers uh, which is, makes for a pretty fun Saturday, huh? Yeah, I
2: mean, it was great. I think we've consistently put forth uh, quite a few value plays. It's been more money line opportunities to start the season, but it's been uh, pretty profitable if you've been tailing basically everything that's been happening on NCAA Green Line Perspective. So I'm happy that my written picks are at least somewhat starting to follow suit, but I think you've got to be pounding a lot of these uh, early week lines as soon as they get posted here on NCAA Green Line because it's kind of where you're making uh, a lot of your – money betting in the football game at this point in time nfl has been you know there's just not as many options not as much volume lines are definitely more efficient at this point in time so if you're actually looking to make um you know a little bit of cheddar betting football i definitely think you should be grinding out some of these college numbers especially early in the week which is why we're hitting you with this podcast here
1: tonight yeah the uh, nfl was a, a little bit of a different story up it, on early week lines, and then when you looked at closing lines, uh, you ended. We ended up about even. Um, so yeah, it's a different story. NCAA, there's still I, I would say overreactions to information. Classic example was you know uh, Georgia against Alabama. That thing opened at six, got down to like four based upon the Nick Saban news. That was way too low. Um, you know we, you and I hammered four a few times. Yeah, went back, back to five and a half. I closes think, back at five basically. and a half, six, and then they cover that like pretty easily in the second half. Um, you right. know, once uh, you know, the sort of the cream rot, rose to the top. There, uh, it yeah. was a cinch. Um, we don't really that's, see. That's,
2: that's, the, that's the nice thing about Alabama is they gave you some decent in-play betting opportunities Dude. as well because they kind of you know, start weeks off a little bit slow. So that's what that's a lot of you know decent value opportunities as well as buying into some of these teams. Early in the first half, if they're down, you know, a touchdown or something, well, like that I don't mind playing what sometimes.
1: Was it two weeks ago? We had them against Ole Miss. We wrote, you know, we had Alabama against the spread. That was that was never going to happen. But right. the game was close, and we got Alabama at minus six and a half, minus eight and a half, minus ten and a half. And you know, Najee Harris, uh, to his credit, you know, broke off that college touchdown at the end to, I, I think, win the game by eleven or twelve. And that you know ended up being. Enough to cover all of the in-play lines for us. I think Notre Dame did similarly uh, against Florida State. So yeah, those are those are also opportunities if you're watching the games. Um, some of these big teams kind of come out a little flat, especially during the COVID era. Um, you know, you can sort of hammer the favorites if they get behind. Um, you know, classic example. A couple. You know, we don't ha- we don't show an edge on Arkansas State Appalachian State. Appalachian State 13-point favorites on Thursday. That might be another one. Arkansas State has been somewhat live. Um, You know, with that two-quarterback system that they run, uh, if they get out ahead of Appalachian State, you know, you expect them to come back. You know, you can get a nice price mid-game. I wanted to talk to you, Ben, about a game on Friday. Because we have Tulsa versus USF. We have a little bit of an edge on USF, not a much. Illinois, Wisconsin, we kind of think that line's probably fair. But are UAB Blazers home laying a point to the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. You, Lala coming off of a loss to the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers last week. Um, what, what do you think about this game?
2: Yeah, which I mean, I do have to mention, we did talk up that Coastal Carolina victory at seven and a half points. They did win outright. So one last notch on the belt. Yeah, Friday night play here coming up. We got the Raging Cajuns, UAB Blazers. I mean, we've been back in the Blazers basically for two years at this point in time. I do think this game is probably going to get closer to a pick them. It has moved down to that price at some books. So I do think we're probably going to see this essentially be a toss up by the time kickoff actually happens here on Friday night. Uh, These two teams are back to back in our ELO rankings, actually. So UAB actually has the best, the third best defensive unit in the country, according to our opponent adjusted defensive grades. Uh, I do think that they have the better quarterback as well with Tyler Johnson. He hasn't necessarily shown the propensity to throw the ball deep like he was last year. I think right now his average depth of the target is sitting right around 5.1. Last year he was at 13.6, so I do think he's in for um, you know a little bit of correction in that area. But if UAB doesn't necessarily rely on you know their tremendous defense. You know, t- loosens the reins a little bit on Tyler Johnson and that actually allows him to throw the ball a little bit deep down here. I do think that they're going to probably cover um, as basically a pick at this point in time. I do really like what they have put forth here and I do think that they're probably able to cover. I think, you know, people bought into the Raging Cages a little bit after their upset victory of Iowa State, but they haven't really shown anything since then. Um, And it was kind of a turning or defining point for both teams because Iowa State's kind of rattled off a few quality victories here as well. So I'm not sure exactly what happened in that game, but I am definitely willing to back UAB um, as a pick at home here coming up
1: on Friday Night Football. I kind of know. and this is You talked about this last week, which I thought was great, which, you know, when you've been on both sides of a team during the year, you generally speaking have a pretty good gauge of them. And we were on Lala against Iowa State. Now they won outright because of two kick return touchdowns. right. Um, right. And so, then, you know, we were on Georgia Southern when they played, or, or Georgia State, I can't remember, I think it was Georgia State, and Georgia State was ahead and Lala needed like a 55-yard field goal from a kicker who had been atrocious the whole season to win that game outright. That was a plus 400 that we almost won. Um, you know, Levi Lewis, I think, is a quarterback who was encouraging, you know, but ultimately hasn't taken the next step. More turnover-worthy plays than big-time throws into to what you just said, which is – UAB being the third best, de- they're the third best defense in the country, and I don't think exactly. you really have to qualify it. Like they hung tough with Miami, um, you know. They're they've been this way for a while. They have. You know, I was going through our college to pro projections so that we could build the mock draft simulator this week again, and there are UAB players in Mike Renner's top one hundred defense you know players in, in in next year's draft they're a legit team and i know johnson he's he's been in and out of the lineup um i don't know who's going to be the quarterback this week but even but i i don't think it, the the line's going to be that big it, louisiana lafayette has not been explosive offensively and i i don't i i have a hard time you look at this total you know 50 i i, I this is a low college showdown and i think it makes sense to be so so um, yeah, give me the UAB Blazers in this one um, for a Friday night special. We always like to give that out because, you know, you know, we don't get football every day this week like we did last week. we got to wait a little bit. And while Thursday doesn't offer a ton of value, there is a game on Friday. Ben, I want to talk to you about a couple games on Saturday. We get to get to Big Ten football. Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines travel to Minnesota. And you and I, growing up from the Twin Cities, the Minnesota Golden Gophers have always been a disappointment. But they have the possibility this week as three-point underdogs. I've already bet it. The Minnesota Golden Gophers a three-point I, I I don't understand how. Michigan breaking in a right. new quarterback – not the strongest head coach in the world in Jim Harbaugh.
2: I mean, he's no PJ Fleck, that's for
1: sure. Yeah, and and, and Minnesota, look, like Rashad Bateman's playing, like right, he exactly. was sitting out. Like you're talking about one of the best wide receiver prospects in college football. We know that wide receiver play is one of the most important things in football. Tanner Morgan, I know there's some dispute over whether or not he's like as good as his grade or whatever, but he's good and he's certainly better. You're getting you know and, and again sometimes these things are kind of fluky but like you're getting better quarterback at home getting points like I don't understand this line here
2: right yeah I mean I you basically stole my thunder at this point in time I know home field advantage doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot but the Gophers have by far the better offense better quarterback I think they have you know a legit first round wide receiver Rashad Bateman who is playing Um, like we said Jim Harbaugh pj fleck i would definitely lean towards fleck in that situation so um the fact that they're getting three points here just seems like a little bit of an egregious number i know it's kind of hard to handicap these teams who haven't necessarily played uh anybody to start this basically haven't played anybody and are kind of jumping into basically what would be kind of a you know season defining game and victory if they were to win it so from that perspective it's a little bit dicey that they're kind of just siding with wolverines based more on historical data but i mean we haven't seen anything from joe melton that quarterback so i don't know what um is necessarily driving the love for the Wolverines here. So I do think this is a buying opportunity for the golfers. I kind of like, uh, at plus three, since we're sitting at that number, we don't necessarily see uh, numbers as valuable at the college level. I'm kind of more inclined to buy into the money line at plus one thirty five, and I think that's probably the play that I'm looking for here uh, for this college game day slate coming up here on Minnesota uh, in Minnesota. That you know, a lot of Gophers fans are getting excited for, and it's hard for me not to feel a little bit of that yeah, momentum. Yeah. So I'm definitely going. I'm definitely riding with the Golden Gophers here on Saturday at one point in time. We Got to roll the damn boat. Let's see some magic happen here on Saturday night. I might so. even be
1: a little bit provincial. I know I'm a I'm a Husker actually, but I but obviously I will I I was once employed by the University of Minnesota, Ben. So I will I will uh, root for them here. Here's a thing that I think is low key in this game. I, how bad is the weather right now? Where you? I
2: mean, yeah, we got dumped on. We probably got like four or five inches of snow. So from yeah. that perspective man i that's the one thing i'm so glad that you always do that because that's one thing that i just like never really consider especially early in the week i'm not really looking at the weather perspective but um that is a spot that we definitely need to be monitoring because yeah. of course tcf outdoor stadium i don't know necessarily what they were thinking in that situation but <laughs> uh it could be it could definitely play a role and that would be one way that you know that what i would call a prolific gophers offense is a little bit stymied here i do think it's close it's going to be cold i think it's going to be you know right around freezing weather 32 degrees coming up here on saturday but i don't think we're going to see any real snow so i definitely think it'll probably be uh playable at least um for a passing offense to be functional at this point in time
1: well we'll talk about dfs a little bit at the end here it might just keep you away from dfs on these two guys right like you know when you're talking about 32 degrees as a forecast um, you know game is at seven so by then it's going to be even colder um, you know you know Michigan has your sharpen like they have they have some running backs that I don't think are very good but maybe if it's mucked up a little bit like it can be uh, you know equalizing but we're talking about them as the favorites in theory weather should play to the home team and play to the, the underdog. so um, you know and frankly, like defensive backs who haven't really practiced much during the course of the year, having to go out there. Rashad Bateman knows where he's running. So, you know, if it's cold and it's snowy a little bit, that probably plays to the offense more than the average person thinks. So uh, very, very fun. Um, we're going to go to my neck of the woods now. Game's not played in Cincinnati. In fact, you know, we, we do, you do have to monitor this as far as You know, you know uh, whether or not it's going to be played because you know the the Bearcats didn't play uh, this last week. Um, But my Cincinnati Bearcats going, I believe, on the road to face the SMU. uh, You know, the SMU in a dogfight last week against Tulane. It was going to be Tulane's like first win against a like ranked opponent since the 80s. Um, Now they got it into overtime. They ended up winning on an interception. Um, You sort of skated by there. This game is a two and a half point game. Um, We actually are on the side of SMU here. Uh, What say you, Ben?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is interesting going back to the point that I touched on last week that you brought up early in the podcast. We were on Cincinnati last week. Of course, they didn't actually end up playing that game. So we don't really know how well they would have rated uh, with Tulsa basically postponing it. But we are definitely on SMU in this matchup. I do think this is obviously a big game in the American, our third-ranked Bearcats, number one-ranked Mustangs. Definitely give the edge to Shane Buchel from PFF passing grade to start the season. I think SMU's averaging right around 0.4 EPA per pass attempt. Desmond Ritter, I mean, I know he was kind of hyped up to start the season, but he hasn't really looked that good. I think he has the same percentage of positive and negative grade throws. Hasn't exactly played really well at all in 2019. There's, of course, you know, the the covid cloud hanging over the bear cart bearcats it's kind of tough to project um you know what that is actually doing for a team at both the practice level and maybe even just from like a psychological level as well so i think it's going to be interesting to see how they respond but i definitely like smu here as under a field goal favorite i do think at two minus two and a half they're definitely a viable option um as you know probably the what I would classify as the best group of five team uh, that we have here. Maybe UCF has something to say about that, but we'll see. Um, UCF couldn't stop Memphis last
1: week, right? So exactly. like, You know, right. they got that loss there. I, I really like you bringing up Buchel. This game's interesting. Both passers are over 100 passer rating when pres- when clean. Desmond Ritter passer rating when pressured, 2.1. Not 2.1 yards per pass attempt, not 2.1 interception ratio, like 2.1 passer rating. Now, that's obviously going to get back to normal at some point in time, but I don't think it does as well as SMU where you look at Bouchelle, 23.2 passer rating when pressured. That's probably going to regress upward as well. Mm-hmm. And if this game becomes a game about scoring, we've already seen this, right? You and I had a Cincinnati Bearcats to win the AAC ticket last year, and they got all the way to the the, the championship Titan round. Game. And in a game, and they played well. Yeah, I, I believe they covered the number. Like they played well, but in a game where you know this conference offense wins, and if both offenses are clicking here, I just can't see Cincinnati. Uh, outscoring SMU, so I, I I'm gonna lay, I just laid the points with SMU. I'll even take a little bit of a sprinkle on the money line there. I think uh, they're gonna outclass. Um, you do have to look a little bit at some of the SMU's receiving uh, players in terms of injuries, right. but yeah. uh, they're Ramson's gonna outclass here. Uh, Bearcats, we we we've seen some some negative effects of COVID at the NFL level with New England. Um, you know, possibly happens here uh, with. The hometown Bearcats, uh, Visa Visa PFF here. So, um, okay, let's go to the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State at now you you're not from, your wife's from Iowa, so you, your hometown Iowa State Cyclones at Oklahoma State here. the 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 spread is three and a half. Um, total on this game, 52, which is low for a Big 12 game. What say you got? It's been? another low
2: one. It's another low one. Yeah. So I don't know. I've been leading, I feel like I've been leading the Brock Pretty hype train for far too long at this point in time. I'm going to go back to him once more. I know he laid us down earlier in the season, but um, this market has kind of moved in their direction just a little bit. I think it opened up at minus four. It's dropped down to minus three and a half for Oklahoma State. There are reports. One full. now on three and a half, by the way. Yeah. So uh oh. You, you want is the three moving. and a half,
1: you better take it.
2: Better get it quickly. Yeah, so there are reports that both Spencer Sanders and Shane Illingworth will see some run at quarterback for the Cowboys. Uh, Illingworth, I think, has the much better passing grade to start this season. But, of course, Sanders has, you know, more experience, the bigger pedigree, everything else that they say. So, uh, I don't know. I I just can't quite quit quit Brock Purdy at this point in time. He flashed a little bit of a turnaround against Texas Tech Tech with an 82.8 passing grade. Uh, He was slinging it all over the field, 44 dropbacks. So, the current thing, it was – Done on relatively low average depth of target. He had no big time throws, just a lot of positively graded ones. But he's finally played um, within himself, you know, a little bit. He's kind of had some crushing, horrible, bad mistakes at the beginning of the year, and I think uh, he's. finally starting to kind of like take a step back and actually just try and make, you know, the easier throw as opposed to trying to uh, constantly score on every single play, which uh, obviously you have to play somewhat inside yourself to, in order to be efficient on every single down. So um, I don't know. I kind of like the Cyclones um, at this point in time, three and a half, I think it's definitely a viable play. Like you said, that juice could be moving just a little bit. That could indicate a lot, a move down to three. I think at that point in time, there's no real value on the spread that might be, a situation where you'd want to lean towards the money line, but um, this is one that if it gets any more movement, we're kind of probably going to be off it, so this might simply be. Uh, a pff daily betting podcast play if we get any more line movement, but hopefully you guys uh can toot in and get that three and a half number because uh i think it might be moving see you know 59 percent of the cash on iowa state that's obviously pushed down a little bit if it pushes down to three i don't think we're gonna have any additional value at this point in time
1: 98 percent of the cash when you look at the money line is on right. the underdog iowa state now you you forgot to say iowa state beat oklahoma outright and was a right. green line pick we had, you know, we, we've been on both sides of Iowa State this year um, and cash in, in both instances, and we've been on the other side of Oklahoma State, especially their total, um, you know, early on. Uh, this is one that I, I really like. Um, I just bet Iowa State, um, you know, I'm a fan here. Let's go to one more game um, before we close up. This is, we were on the other side of Tennessee this week, Kentucky, Kentucky is the flukiest team, but I'm going to embrace the hell out of it. Um, them beating Mississippi State outright, them beating Tennessee outright. Um, now, Tennessee, the sucky thing is if you wanted to back Alabama this week, you're you're losing some value, obviously, because of how piss-poor Tennessee has been. Um, but they, they, they're facing Alabama this week. They're at home. Alabama laying 21, 66 the total. What do you say?
2: Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones has been playing, I mean, I would say it's somewhat of an unsustainable level at this point in time. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Highest EPA per pass attempt among Power 5 schools. Highest accuracy percentage among every quarterback in college football. While still hitting over 10 average up the target. So he's been absolutely lights out. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Jarek Guantarno uh, is coming off his lowest two graded games of the season. Had two pick sixes last week. Was benched for a little while. JT Schroett came in. Uh, you know, followed that up with a Interception himself. So it's just kind of a mess from the volunteers' perspective, especially at the quarterback position. And uh they weren't necessarily, you know, Kentucky's pretty good defensively, but I don't think they're even in the same class as Alabama's defense when we have second overall um in our opponent just the grades in the SEC. So from that perspective, I think this could just be an absolutely dominating performance from the Crimson Tide. I've backed him before. They didn't necessarily cover for us on the pregame line with Ole Miss, but they're a team that we've been buying into for the past two weeks if they do start slow if you do have that pregame spread and they are slightly slow maybe it's just a spot where you're hitting them more and more in game like eric and i touched on earlier but i definitely like them i think this is probably going to be the one opportunity where you're you're not really going to have um, a situation where they're going to be any closer than this 21 point spread as opposed to just the pregame line so i think from this perspective you kind of got to be buying in and i do think that they're definitely able to cover here on saturday
1: yeah and, and among you know some of the you know, so let's talk dfs briefly you're going to go over this i think when you do the podcast solo on friday night going into saturday morning but you know you look at some of these games nebraska at ohio state You want to back Trey Sermon. You you want to do the Justin Fields, Alave, those guys, but they're 26-point favorites in Nebraska. That game might be over by halftime. You don't necessarily know if you want to use those players. Alabama, a little bit more of a value because they're only minus 21 and they're on the road, and you might get to play them a little bit longer. Um, You know, UCF, sort of similar thing. They're 19-and-a-half-point favorites against Tulane like I don't know what the slates are yet but you those are things to sort of go through when you're thinking about okay I want to back these guys in DFS because college football represents this this sort of situation that is doesn't really happen in the NFL whereas you know these blowouts happen and then your guys are unusable you know for the last half of the game
2: yeah definitely I mean there are some high totals sitting here in this like you know main slate basically which would be that 11 to 230 window i think alabama moving up from 64 to 66 on the total is definitely going to be playable and like you said 21 point favorites that isn't necessarily an egregious amount so i do think that they'll probably get four quarters of run um and alabama has the tendency to kind of pour it on teams especially at the end so i don't mind um you know getting more of that alabama stack i think virginia tech wake forest will probably also be in play but again that mark the total on that market has moved down a little bit as well so it will be interesting to see uh how they handle this slate i know there are some other games under the radar we have we have two lane ucf that total sitting at 73 right now i don't know if they're gonna gonna necessarily include that in the main slate or not but um there are a number of options and just handicapping um you know some of these big 10 teams that are coming up we will have nebraska ohio state on that main slate that total is kind of at 64 and a half moved up from 64 and a half to 66 and a half, you know, is Justin Fields going to get four quarters of run in that matchup? I'm not sure either so, um, but handicapping some of these Big Ten games while also having you know, the SEC big 12 those other types of schools that have already played a significant amount of their schedule is kind of going to be an interesting dynamic that people haven't necessarily um, handicapped or projected out before so i think from that perspective it's going to be a really interesting college football slate and one that i'm definitely excited for here coming up on saturday yeah
1: i can't wait uh college football has been you know in an off season and you you know this you know this is your first year full-time you know at pff it's like you know the whether or not the season was gonna be played with such this like cloud over us for so long. Wow. And now we get football Just every week. It feels like gravy. We get yeah, football every like week, it's so much point. fun. There's such something to enjoy for everybody. And if you're like Ben, you can uh, obviously even score a huge DFS play on it. Um, but nonetheless, uh, thank you, Ben, for uh, your analysis here. Um Folks, if you want to listen to more of Ben's college football analysis, this same podcast on Saturday morning is a must listen. Uh, you know, I, I go through it basically, you know, on my bike ride before uh, you know I make any more bets. Um, I have obviously great access to Ben anyway, but you yeah, know, the podcast is is the second best. Um, thank you all for listening to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Take care, everybody.